women equality, gender equity, and affirmative action are terms we've become accustomed to. But the question is, are practical and sufficient steps taken to ensure they become a reality for women from all walks of life in our society? At what cost, we ask? As South Africa commemorates the historic day of August 9th, 1956, we'll look at the women of 2021 in the year of Charlotte Matlaege, particularly those in ICTs. Greetings to you and welcome to another thought-provoking episode of Bytes.za. I'm your host, Sipiwon Zawumbi. Bytes.za podcast, an initiative by the Department of Communications and Digital Technologies. The world technology shakes the world. In its various forms, including ICTs, it continues to redefine and transform the world we live in, from an academic to a social perspective. Harnessing technology to advance gender equality and women's empowerment is not only vital for women and girls, but critical throughout the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. The need to establish a stringent link between technology and women's rights, which includes a specific target on utilizing technology in ICTs to realize women's and girls' empowerment and rights, remains a priority. However, realizing gender equality reaches far beyond any single individual goal. Gender equality is key in ensuring that no one is left behind, which is quite intrinsic to the success of each and every sustainable development goal. From a global perspective, even forums like the G20 have boldly stated that its goal for an inclusive and sustainable economic growth in an interconnected world will not be achieved without a sustainable commitment to women's economic empowerment. In South Africa, though, advocacy for an increase of women in the country's ICT sector through policy frameworks and programs that contribute to the career acceleration, training and capacity of women still has a long way to go. But there is no one-way solution to this challenge. Debiasing societal structures, upskilling and reskilling, counter-stereotyping societal norms, and a relentless change of narrative and images associated with women all play a major role. In today's episode, we hear and listen to voices of women thriving in different disciplines within ICTs. They are from different backgrounds and in different age groups, as different as they seem. They all want to sit in the table. The question is, who gets to have a sit in that table? Celebrating women in ICT in the year of Charlotte Makweke. Women of power. See them. Hear them. Know them. Joining me in our roundtable discussion today is Ms. Zinengukwana, a trailblazer with several leadership positions and accolades in her name. This includes being CEO of the South African Women in ICT Forum, a role she served in with diligence before taking the role of Deputy President at the Progressive Blacks in Information and Communication Technology. She is also an entrepreneur who continues to advocate for women equality and rights. Just next to her is Ms. Pum Zagyani, Chief Marketing and Sales Officer at Broadband Infraco an entity of the Department of Communications and Digital Technologies. Having built an amazing profile in sales and marketing and telecommunications, she has a lot to share about experiences of women in corporate South Africa and boardrooms. She believes that feminism is all about genders having an equal right and opportunities, respecting their identities, experiences, knowledge and contribution. My last guest is a true definition of beauty with lots of brains. She's Dr. Magaziwe Makamba, a 4IR research expert who happens to hold a Doctor of Philosophy in Computer Science. Her areas of interest include AI, cloud computing, system integration, IoT, e-services, ICT4D. Currently, she is a research expert in 4IR Computer Sciences at the Department of Communications and Digital Technologies. In her words, technology is the solution we've long been looking for for many societal ills. Ladies, welcome and thank you so much for joining us on Bytes.za. Thank you, Speech. Thank you. Thank you, Speech. Thank you, Speech. And thank you for actually inviting us to this informative session. Mm -hmm. So, while the figures of women in the global ICT workforce look apparently quite acceptable, 
In fact, of the 30% of women who do work in the ICT sector, only a small proportion are in the formal ICT sector. In South Africa, for example, 51% of those working in the ICT sector are women, but only 22% are employed in formal jobs. Zine, what could be the cause of this? Thank you, Sish. Thank you so much uh, um, to you and your listeners. You know, there's a number of things that one can think of when it comes to that, uh, you know, the history that we can be looking at, because whether we like it or not, um, we still have history um, as far as the gender divide mm-hmm. here in South Africa. So um, it, it is this whole sector that we are on, at the moment, is very much male-dominated. And and I suppose um, even when the girls go to university when they study this and the, you know the ICT, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not sure what, what whether the courses that they are studying there at university whether they really are preparing them to be able to take up uh, you know employment within the, the, the within the sector. Mm-hmm. It really is quite male dominated and very heavy. So as much as you will find our girls still studying at universities, these courses with the ICT, I'm not sure whether are they really choosing the ones that are going to be making them to be employable. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it's of no use to get a, a degree or a qualification, but you don't have the particular skills to be able to be employed. Because one of the things that are killing us here in South Africa is employability more than mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. So it means then therefore we do not have the, the, the necessary skills that are needed to then after university degree, you may still need to have um, you know, the appropriate skills that the employers are going to be looking at. And again, there's a lot of gatekeeping. I will not leave that out. There's a lot of gatekeeping. And, you know, again, as I say, it's males, males, males that are taking each other into this position. Mm-hmm. And you will find us occupying very junior um, you know, positions of mm-hmm. doing linear tasks within the ICT sector. So that's why you find us only occupying about 22% that are employed in those formal jobs. Not that we are not there. It's either we don't have enough um, skills, we just have a university qualification. I'm, you know, I'm repeating this part that having a university qualification doesn't necessarily give you the skills that may make you to be employed by um, a particular employer. Okay. So there the are a number of, of, of things. Again, it goes down to the not generation, the, the, the gender divide. It is there, and we need to really unpack that in South Africa. That there's a huge difference between males and females, and maybe the government needs to do something about that. Right. That's my take at the moment. All right, Pumza, fifty-one percent working in the sector, yet only twenty-two percent in formal jobs. Surely, this is a call for concern. It's concerning, Stewart, and it's so sad that the narrative is the same every year. It's really particularly uh, concerning for me because I've been in the industry for more than 18 years. Mm-hmm. And whilst there has been introduction of more women in, you know, in, in, in critical positions, it still is not succeeding in making, a, a, you know, a big impact. I think one of the matters that have been uh, um, articulated by Zine where she says the pipeline is probably not adequate because it is still profiled as a man's role. You know, engineering and all of those mm-hmm. uh, subjects are still profiled as men. But beyond that, it's okay. Let's say you get a small pipeline inside. How is the environment? Is the environment conducive for the woman to participate meaningfully? Mm. You know? Uh, because they, they, there's that notion, and I think there's a new concept. It's not even a new concept that they, they talk about, that they talk about imposter syndrome. And, mm. and they say, we come in and we feel like um, we don't fit in. And I have, you know, a counter to that. It's because also there is that sense mm-hmm. of not being you know, accepted, <laughs> embraced, you know, into the environment to really mean, meaningfully participate. The whole sphere of still having a boys' club around the table, mm. and I get tired of saying this thing, but however, it is still what is the truth. If you go into any exco environment in any of the you know o- o- operators or any other company that is an ICT, mm. huge representation is still made. When are we appointing women in critical decision-making positions where they can make an impact, they can participate meaningfully, and at least have women who look like them, you know, supporting them in those environments? 
Mm. There's a reluctance also of providing women with, you know, big opportunities. Mm. We have women we know for a while in the industry that they, you know, they, they, they've, they've, they've borne the scars. They've, you know, they've done the work. They've mm. worked in the dungeons. Mm. But mm. to actually be trusted with bigger profiles, you know, bigger mm. roles, I mean, I can mention a few. Oh, Mrs. Muholi was in telecom for the longest time. But when are we seeing more CEOs besides the few known brands? You know, mm. there are few that have broken, but it is mm. no way a reflection of the skill and the capability that is within the sector. Mm. And those who are coming in, still, mind you, we said the pipeline is low. They don't stay. Mm. Why? Exactly because of the environment not being conducive. So wow. it really requires a bit of love for the industry and a, a lot of tenacity, you know, to withstand a lot of what is happening in those corporate boardrooms and, and sometimes being overlooked or sometimes being, you know, ignored mm. for a woman. We need, when we need to make a change, okay. we need to get to a place where it's not about numbers. It's about the heart. Yeah. You know, the heart of men must want this thing to happen. It's not about policies anymore because the policies are there. <laughs> but mm. we are just not transitioning. Okay. Uh, you see, I, I have so much passion and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cle- clearly. Let's, let's save some of those points and, 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 and maybe <laughs> get into Magaziwe. Just just from an acad- academic point of view, uh, Magaziwe, in engineering, manufacturing and construction, there are only 3.10 female students, uh, which in turn shrinks the number of women in STEM, posing further restrictions uh, to the growth of women in the sector. Uh, perhaps what challenges, or perhaps just paint a picture for us on how the academia looks for women, particularly young women, especially those in the STEM field? Thank you so much. I thank you so much, Pierre, for the question and also good afternoon to your viewers. It is also an, an interesting thing that you notice that in the STEM field, there is a representation of women that is very minimal. And you ask yourself constantly that what could be the cause factor of those or what other challenges do young women experience in the STEM field? And you would notice also, Speechy, that when you're looking at the cause of this, you will notice that there is this misnomer, as Kumza and also uh, Zine has mentioned in there, there is this mis- misnomer that, you know, um, uh, engineering field is difficult and women are not capable enough mm. to deliver according to what is expected. So now that they go and input that to the younger. Now, adversity, the moment a young woman say, I want to do to specialize in computer science, then the question that p- pops out is, are you really are you sure about that? Do you know what it takes to be there? Mm. Of course, it will depend now on what you are made of. Sometimes that will scare you away. Sometimes that will push you to say, you know what, I want to prove you that I can do this. So it's that issue that women have to fight this unending fight of having to prove themselves all over again. Then we mm. only see it in 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 in, in, um, in corporate industry. Whereas it started their adversity. It started high school where mm. uh, you notice that they say. No, this particular boy is good at math. But you will find it is a very minimal empowerment that goes to young women say, you are good at math, you can do this. Mm-hmm. And also, as Kumeza was saying as well, that we need to see these young women actually operating in the field and we see that we can relate to them. Because now one of the issues that I've noticed here is that you would see the women, they don't see the people that they can relate with that, oh, okay, there is a 31-year-old in there. Actually, it me, it gives me a courage that I can be there as well. Mm. If I give the dedication, resilience, and make sure that I work hard. So we need to make sure by all means we empower them, we give them a courage, starting from the varsity. So mm. that once the moment they are going to the corporate industry, they are already aware of what are the challenges. And they will grow thick skin enough to say, I can handle this. Mm. I have enough capability. I'll so, pause in so, so, so all three of you ladies, it seems like you're talking about the education sector being empowered to accommodate young women. But it doesn't just start with young women. It starts with young girls at school. Uh, like, yeah. as you were saying, Magazi, with the empowerment of a boy child as compared to a girl <laughs> child. And then it goes up to uh, university level and then gets into the corporate sector. But there's also this dominant intergenerational divide that we cannot underestimate. Older generations are sometimes reluctant to take up new technologies and opportunities and reluctant to learn new technologies. Yet the world is getting more and more and more digital. What could be the solution here? Uh, Stuart, I, I don't think maybe 
Well, there is the intergenerational divide, which, of course, we should not be underestimating. Mm. I don't think the older generations are really uh, reluctant, uh, uh, not all of them, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, some of them, it is because they really do not know, because these mm. things, you, you know, happened, uh, you know, after them. Mm. And and you find the young girls and, the, 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 you know, the young kids of today, for instance, I know that my daughters have never really seen any textbook is that when they started schooling, they mm-hmm. were reading using, um, you know, tablets, you know, tablets. Mm-hmm. And here I am, I've been, you know, I did uh, geography, I did this, I had, mm-hmm. you know, I had books. Uh, I, I do want to learn. I'm just talking about mm-hmm. me now, but, you know, you know I, I represent what you call maybe an older generation or even maybe, maybe, maybe generation because I think I know better than somebody else who is older than me. Mm. So these people, it, it, it boils down again to that skills development. You, you know, mm. throughout my, my talk, I will keep on mentioning the, the importance of skills development. So if I don't, if I'm sitting there as an, as an older generation and, and, and I see the young ones coming up and, you know, everybody's moving towards this generation, you know, this digital transformation, and I don't think I feel that they're excluded. I mean, mm. seem as if I am reluctant to pick up the new technology, but it is because I do not know what has really taught me on how to maneuver my way around now this you know this world. So there's much more that we need to do, as, and, and we should stop talking. I, I you know those who have heard me speak before, I don't like to talk so because we keep on saying this is from our age over and over again. Everything that we are saying today, we have said it last week, we said it the year before. Something ought to be done, it ought to be done right now. Yes, you will still find those who are like who will say to you, things have always been done like this before. Mm-hmm. People who are coming from the much older generation. And because they've never seen what a computer does. Mm-hmm. For them, you know, it's something that they've got this information, not knowing how that information gets in me. So when they talk, they will, you know, not that we should leave them behind, because we cannot leave anyone behind if you want to talk digital transformation. You cannot. But you have to understand the situation, where they come from. And again, I'll go back to the fact that if we are talking internet, if we are talking access to internet, it, 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 it then goes to you know, what I call the basic human right of internet connectivity. Mm. Yeah. And not yeah. have the human right. You know, I call it when I'm looking at the Bill of Rights. I have that experience. This is to be it's a basic necessity. This thing, we cannot not have internet connectivity. I'll be talking about the townships right now that I come from. I'll be talking about the rural areas that I come from. Mm. We are not comparing me, saying how things, knowing what I know and having gone to university, if somebody is coming from an attack who has who does not even have internet connectivity. So then, and then you're going to put in that person with the likes of Dr. Nagazi right now, who is younger, who has studied. So you are going to find that resistance, not because they're trying to get, but mm. because they're coming from different worlds altogether. Mm. And those two people mm. Internet connectivity to learn even the basic computer literacy. Mm. This part, to me, I'm quite passionate about it and I get emotional because I see these things. Since I am working in the skills development sector within ICT, so I see the difficulty. Okay. That's because they want to learn, but, but, but yes, and it means that that's not there internet All right. Without a doubt, the ICT industry is dominantly male. Gender parity remains a matter of concern, but this is largely due to the image and positioning of women in advertising by the creatives industry. The narrative works against that intention. You're correct, Steve, uh, and it requires now us who are women in marketing and in sales to really start, start projecting women you know, in other spheres of, of the industry, quite elevate them, you know, mm-hmm. show them as, um, you know, show them to the to the girl child as an inspiration that, you know what, there is uh, there are opportunities for exposure to other facets of the industry. Yes, mm-hmm. the, the challenge in the past was the numbers, because if you look into a policy conference of ICT, 
you will get a shock. It's mostly male still. Mm. And it was a function years of the past. But we need to make role models of the women that are coming up. You have the magazine where we're talking about AI, 4IR. We need to elevate those women, make sure that they are visible in platforms that are important and that are being seen by these children as, as, as role models. Now, the challenge is also for women to start standing up and being mm. okay with mm. attending these platforms. Mm. Because remember, in the past, our concept was that we want to do the work and we're focused on the work. But now mm. we need to extend it to beyond that to say, look, as a representative in the industry, I also have an obligation to be standing as a woman and to be shining and to being visible in the industry. Mm. They are still, you know, um, you know, they, they, they're still leaning a lot. If you see conferences, once they talk technical conferences, you mm. will see the representation is still very much male. Mm. And we've seen now recently, women are standing up and they are starting to contest those things and say, why are there no women in the industry? Mm. So to women... Let's do it. Do it scared because sometimes yeah. it's not our natural to stand in conferences and talk. But these women are so capable. When you sit with them one on one, they are so capable. They can talk the, the, the technical language. It's just that they have not been exposed in some of these forums where these things are happening and they know how to come in and be introduced into that. So Pumza takes accountability for making sure she will make magazine and many other magazines in the industry visible mm. to the girl child mm. for them to know there are women who have done this and they are doing it successfully. Wow. So if I get you correctly, you're saying there's an absence of, of, of a girl-child role models. There are women who are active. They're just not as profiled as, as their male counterparts. Let's come they're not to... as profiled. Yeah. yeah. They're not as profiled. Mm. All right. Let's come to you, Magaziwe. Uh, we spoke earlier on. You, you gave such an interesting point about uh, oh. making sure that, uh, you know, the boy-child boy is, is, is made an equal to the girl-child. But there's a system in place. And the boy-child is born into that system. Uh, we can talk about patriarchy, um, you know, till the sun sets. There is a need. One can say there's a need perhaps to teach uh, the boy child activism and feminism. Once they understand those pillars of our society, perhaps they will be able to even drag the girl child against all odds to make sure that they are equals in society. What's your take on this? Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think it comes to what Pumeza and and Zina have mentioned in there. We need to teach our society that we are not in competition. Mm. However, we are here to empower each other, to eliminate and dismantle that issue whereby, for example, in coding, in computer science, for example, mm. then the the, the the moment that you go there and say, I want to be a computer scientist, I want to be an AI expert. Mm. Of course, there's a coding involved. And the boy child should at least have a mentality that this person is not here to compete with me, but she is here to know about what is happening in the field. So we need to make sure that we help each other. So that you know, it starts there back then at home and then goes to high school. Then at high school, once we eliminate that competition between a girl child and a boy child, that actually goes a long way to all the way to university and to the corporate industry. Then the mentality is then we're helping each other to make sure that we all understand what is happening. We're solving the technical issues that are happening in our generation. So in that case, it's a matter of understanding. It's a matter of teaching the society that because now that it's important to work together. As incidents as well, and also the fact that we need to move together forward, and also eliminating because one of the things that when you look at this competition where it's coming from, it comes from that issue. If a school is good in AI, and there is Magazwe that is trying to do the AI as well, chances mm-hmm. that Magazwe will be hired first. Uh, that mm-hmm. is pure. Then it's that day, and then they start the competition that I would let her just struggle with whatever that she's struggling with. Let me go mm-hmm. so that I can try to secure the place of work for me. So if we can mm-hmm. encourage and empower each other in there and create awareness, as Bumza has mentioned as well, that even amongst us as women, we have that competition. So we need to dismantle those issues and then understand the ability of working together and what causes the issue of us not working together. Once we understand those, I believe that we we can conquer every challenge that we have at the head. 
Ladies, do you want to come in on that? Yes, yes, Pumza. She is 100% spot on. Mm. I think the other factor also comes with us at home as mothers. Mothers, you. I'm thinking that my son, Sika, is upstairs playing, um, you know, gaming. And there's an aspect already mm. of understanding technology in that. Yet mm. for our girls, we don't do that. We buy them different, you know, we buy them different toys mm. to boys. Mm. It's also about enc- us encouraging our children, you know, to get involved in these things and not make them boys only uh, games mm. and so on. Mm, wow. Just to add on on, on, on that, so what Pumaza is saying in there, you know, Pumaza, I've got a nurse of mine that is always playing PlayStation. I'm like, oh, wow. And everyone at home is shocked. Like, why, why is she always playing there? Because it's a boy thing. I was like, let her learn. That, that's uh-huh, what she is interested. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Let her learn. Let her do all those things that boys are doing. Because Absolutely. it's also actually eradicating those issues and that mentality that we have uh, in the mm-hmm. mind that a girl supposed to do this and the guy is only the thing. So if we can actually eliminate that, starting from at home, as you said, Pumaza, I I think we can have a better society. Wow. Absolutely. Let, 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 let's, yeah, let's, yeah. let's come to you, Susina. Perhaps let me throw this one to you. Uh, you know, okay. there are issues that are informal and real. Furthermore, in the public eye, successful women in ICT are rarely represented, and you've all been saying that. Uh, you know, I can talk about women like Sharil uh, Sandberg and, and many other women in South Africa who are very visible in the media, uh, but are often portrayed as aggressive women. Uh, you know, they are aggressive. Uh, they then uh, you know their abilities to 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 mother and to be wives at times is often questioned. Um, you know that portrayal in society, especially by the media, and and then also influencing the narrative um, around women and power. Uh, what do we what do we have to do about it? What can we do differently about it? You know, as you're asking this question, I started laughing because, um, yes, uh, you find this quite a lot. You really find this quite a lot. Not just mm. necessarily within the media space, and still, um, even in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us who are known to be quite vocal in terms of standing for what we believe in. Mm. Um, so we, we have been labelled aggressive in the, mm. in the way that we talk. Yeah. And and it's not really necessarily being aggressive, but, you, you know, when you believe in a particular uh, you know, principle, and you, you are actually quite principled with your morals and values and ethics, and you know that something has to happen this way in order for you, for, for you as women, to also, you know, partake in this in, in this economy because we are not mm-hmm. here really representing any, anybody. We are here on our own. These are one of the things that people should understand that we are not here to be pretty faces, mm. you know, and then putting on makeup and all that. We know. Mm. It's okay if we are also pretty, but there's brains behind. Who, and we know what yeah. we're talking about. The artificial mm-hmm. intelligence that mm. we're talking about. You, you know, again, you know, just to go back a little bit what, um, to the, the previous question that Magazine uh, um, and Pumza, you, you, you know, responded to. It also starts at home. Your parents. Mm. You know, you, you know, I have two, two two daughters. My daughters have never. They don't have dolls. They've never really. Had, not that there's anything wrong with having mm. dolls, but we, you know, from the onset, we've always been. Luckily, both my husband and I, we are in the ICT space, so. Everything that they know is is around. You know, they playing those games, they playing those, yeah, and anything around the um, you know technology. But so then, therefore, we also need to have the parents teaching their kids like that. But in this one, at the point of us not being those who are known to be aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm putting myself in there, not just in the media, in the boardrooms. Mm-hmm. You sit in the boardroom. You are mm-hmm. the only female executive in here. It has happened to me yeah. quite a lot. And I come in here in that boardroom. As I walk in in the boardroom already, of course, I wear high heels. I wear, I wear all sorts of things like a woman because I'm not mm-hmm. a man. I am mm-hmm. a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be a man in that boardroom. Mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm. remain a woman. But I'm a woman who knows uh, because of, you know, we, we, we're not just talking qualification. We're talking everything that is me. You know, with the merit, I'm, I'm here on merit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I'm walking in that boardroom, you are not going to be, you're not looking at a man, you're looking at a woman, which I still have yeah. got my pink lipstick, I still have got my red lipstick on, mm-hmm. I've got my long nails <laughs> in here. But ch- talk to me now, talk to me business, talk to yeah. me work. Mm-hmm. So when you start stand for yourself, mm-hmm. then it's, it's when then you, you will be good. I've actually been asked this question and I, I found it very Offensive, like that. I don't know up to this day that uh, um, are you hormonal today or something like that. I don't even know. I don't even know what it means. Mm. Hormonal or mm. something like that. And you are being asked by this woman who is not a woman who doesn't know what it means to be a woman. 
so then when they're trying to put you down to you, mm-hmm. they will bring those issues that are only known to you as a woman. They will talk about yes. the hormones. They will mm. talk about the, 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 the periods. Menstrual, mm. yeah, menstrual periods. They will talk about those joking, listen. Mm. You don't know, small jokes. Demanding. That are coming in. And you know for a fact that this is actually called in this harassment. Mm, this is mm, harassment. Mm. They'll bring in those issues. They'll ask, how old are your kids now? Something like that. Mm. And we'll it in the boardroom. It's, it's, yeah, it's 5 yeah. p.m. Nobody's going home. So, oh. yeah. so that it's not that we are aggressive. It is because when you start standing for yourself, when you start standing up um, eye to eye mm. to a person, and mm. then they want to bring in the, the physical strength that they have mm-hmm. because the only thing that they have, they get more physical, stronger. So the aggression then, therefore, because you are alone in here, and again, Makazwe, you were right, and as well as Puzi, when you get into the, those positions, we usually don't lift the others up. You sit there, you are, you, it's nice, and mm. they are only the only woman in here. And you don't lift the other women. You, you know, to be next to you so that they can give you shield. Mm. I, I don't want to miss that point, Susine. I don't want to miss that point because when we're talking about representation, and I think this is this is a common comment, um, you know, when we're talking and we're planning this episode amongst the three of you, I said there is a general need to make sure that we, when we have these discussions, women from all walks of life are represented. I mean, yeah. we always talk about a digital economy that is inclusive of women from all walks of life, especially those in informal sectors. Just talking about the informal sector, uh, just that. Uh, women, f- just in general, uh, globally, women account for more than 50%. Well, let's scope it down to Africa. 50% of the population in Africa, yeah. which is yeah. the continents. It's the same continent that boasts about the highest rate of women's, uh, women entrepreneurs in the world. The majority, though, of these women are concentrated in informal, micro, low-growth, low-profit area at the same time. Um, In the meantime, sub-Saharan Africa has some of the world's lowest literacy rates. This is another divide. And, and, And if you're talking about pull, I don't even want to phrase it as pull head down syndrome. Uh, because that that has got connotations of its own. But just what you are talking about, uh, Susine, that one woman will get on top and, and be too comfortable, perhaps, rather too comfortable than they should um, on being the own wo- only woman uh, that's sitting on top. Mm-hmm. Pumza? Yeah. Absolutely. There, there, there is that appeal. Um, although uh, it, it actually is an old mindset. It's a it's a mindset of lack, mm. and I want to be the only one. You know, we we, we always joke about it. Um, I think the age group between me and Matazi, where we laugh and say, you know what, uh, it's 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 those it's those women who always uh, loved the connotation. I was the first, you know, mm. <laughs> they wanted to, to maintain it like that. However, there is a realization that. You, you you will not win alone because yeah. you can yeah. be alone but yeah. so cold in that in that boardroom uh, table. We need a collective of women who will see things as we see them, yes. and they will also be influential in how we rope other women into the industry. Mm. Because now we can have all the nice policies that are talking and we implement them. They look beautiful people on on paper, mm. but yeah. the actual yeah. people will question. You know. Why are we not achieving DEE targets? Why do we not have females? Are a collective of females who can be sitting around the table? You cannot be the lone voice to that. Yes. You, 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 you it's, a, it's a losing game. You cannot be alone because there'll be all the excuses. Mm. So if there's any game we need to change as women, it is that. That just because you're pulling more women into the room, it's not competition. There are more than enough seats on the table. That mentality mm. of being only the only woman, yes. it must go because it does not serve us. It does mm. it makes you isolated, it makes you become a victim. Mm. And yes. it the, mm. you know, there are also mental, you know, um there are also mental um, breakdown issues where women are frustrated. They're trying to make a point. They're trying to be visible. But you have all men playing the game around the table and you are getting frustrated because you know you are capable and you can achieve, but you are not allowed that space. It does not work. Mm. Now taking it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Maka, uh, come in. 
If I can just uh, thank you, Stewart. If I can just add on on what Mazai saying, just as like uh, Susana was mentioning in there, that we need to support each. Now, when you look mm-hmm. at us, now imagine you are alone in the bottom and mm-hmm. with the old men, the denying of men, and then now you are the only person in there. As one of the things that I've noticed that you are in the bottom with full of men, and then now some of the things that will happen, you'll be emotional because mm-hmm. us as women, being emotional is part of us. And we mm. cannot change that. Now, mm-hmm. imagine you are alone, and then now those men that are coming, that look at this woman, is she capable of delivering this? So what it is weaponized. Mm. Mm. So now, mm. please, if you have Zina in there, you can be saying that Zina, listen, uh, this is stressing me out. You can be emotional the way you want to be, and then mm. come back stronger because you know what? You've got people that are carrying you around. They know that we can push this. So we Absolutely. need to empower each, yeah, each other as we're stepping through the ladder and making sure that all of us as women, we are getting there. Mm. At least we can have a representation of women in that space. All right. But ladies, there are other social ills associated with the delay in gender parity. And it's issues that are due to, you know, nature. Uh, we'll talk about, well, there are so many campaigns in South Africa, uh, you know, that donate uh, sanitary towels uh, to schoolgirls, uh, the issues of women having to take take time off work uh, during a pregnancy and just the culture that's associated with it all. Um, You spoke about, you know, the investment that has to go into the sector to make sure that women are being pushed and there's an intent to push them uh, to make sure that they are equal to men. Surely this is a space and these are areas that need to be looked at. Uh, Sure, can I take that? Uh Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. You know, what I like to, to say, colleagues, is that technology is an equalizer, especially mm-hmm. with the impacts of COVID-19. Uh, now we are forced to work from home. Now, you know that even if you are you actually on leave, but you have your computer where you are, mm. you can be innovative in your space, in your corner. And now you don't longer need to a validation of a man saying that, can I do this? You've mm. got the internet. Whenever you have a challenge, you check there. What is this challenge and how can I eradicate this? Now you can develop, for example, the issues of um, application that we have and issues of water that I always um, mentioned. Now you can develop your, your smart pipes and say, you know what? I'm doing this sensor that does this. Mm. Now you become a female that is solving social issues and you can be eradicating those issues using your technology at your own space at your own comfort zone. Wow. So now using the technology nowadays, that is why, we, you know, when I look at the, the, the thing, thing that is happening, especially with the COVID-19 and working from home, I'm like, look at this. Now women, for example, we cannot run away that. As women, we actually go to, to that time of the month and then you don't, you are not in the mood of doing mm. anything or even to talk to Stuart, like, ah, no, not today. <laughs> so now you cannot talk to Stuart, you can actually be at your own place. Mm-hmm. And developing your application, being silent is all. Do your own stuff. And now, what does it mean about our uh, actually productivity? Now, it uh-huh. increases the productivity of, of, of us. And now, at least you are comfort- uh, comfortable at your place, and then you know you can do your issues while actually becoming a productive using the technology. Plus, mm-hmm. I always say that technology is the only weapon that actually can eradicate the inequalities in our society. Wow. Let me call it. Absolutely. Wow. And if I can add this. <laughs> yes, uh, Zine, come through and then uh, we'll go to Pumza. Well, but thank you so much. You know, I've just thought of something now um, that um, I, I feel I need to mention. One of the things that we also need to um, to look at is the what what I term with addressing. Because because what I find in, in many of the of these organisations, and um, you will find that they you know they're, they're women. High up there on top, but what are they really doing? They're just sitting there doing nothing and being frustrated. Mm. And like, you, you know, being pretty, like they are being expected to be pretty. The reason I'm bringing this one up, Spiro, is because in 2018, Hey Pumza, when we first had the, the, the ITU in Africa, it was in Devon. I was asked by um, the department, uh, as well as Standard Bank and then and, and, um, was it Simmons or Ericsson at that time, I was, asked, I was asked to be part of the four judges who were looking at the SMMEs within the innovation space, who were going to, I mean, they were, they were competing and they were going to be representing South Africa at the ITU for the first time. So I was one of the judges there. And what really broke my heart and I actually even made noise about that is that of the thirty three pitches that we saw mm. that day, only one came from women. Wow. And even and even so, even so, when they came onto stage to you know to give you know, their pitch to us, 
the woman came in and introduced the company mm. as to who they are, what they are doing. And when we're talking about technical stuff, a man mm. took over. Did you see where I'm driving at? Maybe three, only one. And even so, even so, that one company, it, the woman could not be the one. It, she was not the one who was doing the actual technical stuff. Mm, 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 so, mm. you know, there's a lot. I don't know whether maybe we, we the way that uh, we are put into these positions, and um, we 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 are made not to be confident mm. because of the the environment where you, the way you find yourself in. It again goes back to that boys' club. ICT being a boys club, that the technical staff can only be known that yes, you can own still you big answer this question that us as women you find us doing this minor mm, you are mm. not on the hard call. We're not on the jobs. hard call ICT. Mm. Yes, we are we are there, we are there. You know, it's 50% of 65% or 90% of us we are there. But what exactly are we doing so I found it that thing that 33 companies throughout South Africa that were shortlisted that I came in as a judge to look at all of them, mm. all of them, men. Wow. Wow. And the one was that woman. So, so this, 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 this talk, this talk, it needs more time. It really needs, yeah. it really needs to look at mm. to stand up and say that we can do these things on our own. We don't need, we're not yeah. preventing anything else. We're not secondary citizens in here. Pumza, sorry, I said I was going to come to you before I go to our next question. Yes, come through. No problem. And and I, I, I want uh, for you to understand that mm. the tone is not aggression. Mm. It's just that sometimes when you ask for what you want, yeah. what you deserve, you are perceived to be aggressive. aggressive. I think there are two factors that are quite powerful that were mentioned by Magaziwe and, and Zina. One is, uh, when we talk about the digital economy, does it really matter who produced an app? It doesn't matter mm. because we are going into a global world where there's a requirement for a specific service to be started. If those things have started. Mm. There are platforms where you can, you know, you load an app for productivity or or whatever they ask. Maybe they're asking you to prepare templates for presentations. Mm. So that is becoming something that will be powerful. But women need to be there in order to fully participate in that economy. So if women are not there, it means we're being left out as well in a new economy that's being created. The second part of it is still, even if we are sitting at home, the fact of the matter is that corporates are still acting like they are tolerating women. Uh. Women, we know that women have cycles every month. We know that women come back from, you know, uh, bearing children and they have challenges with, you know, breast milk and all of those things. But we still at this age you know, have not created fully functional facilities okay. where yeah. women can be free coming back into corporates. What yeah. does that tell you? And these are women who are participating meaningfully. Mm. Yeah. All right, ladies, let's talk about policy uh, being an intervention in some of these issues we we're talking about. Um, you know, policy and uh, investment in infrastructure, uh, especially when we talk about infrastructure, uh, infrastructure such as uh, child care centers. You think about uh, companies like Google, which is a great example in the sense um of making sure that women don't stay at home. We spoke about the maternity leave uh, in as much as it's a response, uh, which is appropriate for women who then find themselves pregnant and having to go home. But there needs to be, you know, some sort of investment by companies. You talk about, you know, changes in policy. You include paternity leave as well. Nordic countries have been such a great example of this. What other policy interventions can we have to ensure that these problems are not the same problems that generations 10 years from now or 30, 50 years from now, we'll still be talking about. I think beyond policy is also, you know, a requirement for more a culture audit, you know, because all Mm. of these things, remember, it's coming from the culture of organizations where they've been predominantly male. So the culture is male. It's maybe um, showing signs of not being inclusive to women. It's Mm. dismissive to women. The man on top is, um, you know, whilst we have, because I've seen where we have all the missions, the values of the company, they are in the walls. Yet every day we do not leave those those values, you know. Mm. Equally, policy is there. Remember, policy that has been there has been about representation. Mm. And you will find that most of the companies are, you know, ticking that box. 
but we don't see what is the quality of that number. If you say now you're measuring me on the number of representation, mm. how many of those women have been with the company for more than five years so that we have the quality information? Are we, are we doing, uh, you know, a, a revolving door kind of approach that we replace Pumza, Pumza leaves, we replace Pumza, mm. you know? It's about the culture being deeply entrenched. Their leadership is embracing and they act it. They call it out when they see that it is not a, a culture that is conducive. Mm. And it comes from there. It requires a lot of conversations, not just at policy level, but, you know, heart to heart also with, with the men. You know, try to understand mm. what are these fears that men have about representation of men, women around the table. Because mm. equally so, the men will be quite instrumental in opening doors, in coaching women. Most of the people who are experienced and have lived the lives of corporates are men. And they need to be taking it upon themselves to really be embracing women who are coming on board. I think that is my stance on policy. I've seen beautiful policies, but mm, really the implementation part of it. Yeah. Uh, surely, Zine, from your level, you have seen quite a lot of these policies and you yes. keep wondering, when are we implementing you like can we be real? You've just taken the words out of my mouth, and and I don't know. You know what? It's true. South mm-hmm. Africa is known. I think everywhere I've been, yes, actually, South Africa as a whole is known. We have the best policies. Mm. We have the best mm-hmm. policies. But what we lack as a country, and it goes down to the companies I and mean, to the corporates as well as the government departments. Mm. You know, I come from government as well. I've mm-hmm. been there. I know. Mm-hmm. And, and these policies, they sit and connect dust, the dust of the We don't have proper implementation plans mm. that yeah. talk to the people, that talk to these values and missions that we say the organization is all about. So we don't have that. So that's a gap. Mm. Mm. Policy is there, but how to implement this? How, how to how, implement how to, how, how to even interpret that very policy? Because sometimes it becomes very high level. I've seen policies that are very high level that will need you to have a lot degree to be able to understand what is going on there. So therefore, if you cannot understand the wording of that policy, how are you going to be implementing it? Mm. And if you are implementing it, it also goes to, uh, in a lot, when, when you're having your strategy sessions as the organization, where mm. are you going as an organization? What is the strategic part? What is the strategic plan looking into the medium term, you know, the long term? And, and mm. coupled with that, you also have to have budget to that because mm. you can not implement the things mm-hmm. saying that I would want to have APC anything. And again, there's that vacuum as far as knowledge management is concerned. I mm-hmm. think we need to be, to, to be having the knowledge management in there. There's a vacuum when it comes to that. People come and go, people come and go. Us as women, when we have to go and, and, we, you know, and, and, and give back, mm. somebody else gets to act on our part. Mm. And and we live with that information. That person, when you, you you know, there's a lot that happens in that four months when you when you, when you're home, giving mm. that. And there's a lot. There's a lot. Knowledge management is not really controlled in in, in, in South Africa. People leave. They, they go to institutional knowledge. Mm. Okay. The, the people people live with that. Because we job hop simply because the, the, the situation where we are at, the condition that forms that you know the environment that forms that spoke about is not conducive for me to stay. So what instead and there's no retention policy that will put me into this position where I can see my career path. Mm. Not window dressing, not you know, not being appointed as an employment equity candidate simply because I'm a woman. Mm, no, mm. appointed on merit. So there's a career, but there's a succession part. I can see where I am going as a woman in here. Um, you know, people don't tick box and say that we have uh, 51 women, we have 75 women. Do we yeah. what? Mm. Doing what? What am I here mm. doing? There's a lot of policies. I don't think we lack policies in South Africa. We've got them, but we just don't know how to implement them. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So we've got budget on how to implement them. Budget and how to implement them. And and what I'm getting from all of you is you feel this world is a boys club, as you said. It's men deciding on what women need, whereas they don't know what women need and they have no experience in being women. No, no, they don't know what we need. Okay. So women in ICT are still women. Let's talk about... uh, 
intervention, especially high-level executive intervention, or perhaps policy still on the issue of policies, policy intervention when it comes to gender-based violence in South Africa. We can't talk about women issues and not mention this. Women who are CEOs are still victims of gender-based violence, women who are in formal uh, settlements, women who are in formal informal industries, women from all walks of life. Uh, are victims of gender-based violence. What what kind of intervention do you think perhaps needs to 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 sort of be be engineered to make sure that women perhaps uh, find South Africa a better place to live in and are feeling safer? Pumza, you can you can take this one. Yeah, yeah I think you know what it took COVID nineteen for me to realize that globally it's not just South Africa, right? That yeah. is experiencing uh, the gender-based uh, uh, violence issue. And it, it just spoke to, I think, a bit of the transformation. I, I yes. don't think we coming from, we, we always assume that when we make strides as humanity, that we just arrive at a position tomorrow and everything is okay. Mm. Remember, we're coming from a background where it was male who could, um, who could, who could see to the family. It was men who were the heads of the family. And mm. now there is a transition where we are finding that women are appointed to high positions, they're decision makers, and there's a bit of a conflict in as far as now, you taking me as Kumza, who you are providing for and you're doing everything, but I actually have a mind and I have a, uh, you know, I can think for myself and I can apply myself. Mm. So I think with all these transformations, there needs to be a bit of how we support transformation. Mm. Because like you say, it does not discriminate. It happens in Alex, it happens in Sentin, yeah. that we still find that there mm. is that, that we need to address socially. Mm. Socially, and it's not even a, a, you know, a matter that is cu- cutting across professional-only environments, but yeah. it's a social issue. It's the time where women are demanding more mm. and it feels like it's a question of who are you you know because yeah. i've been seeing you forever in my life in this context all of a sudden you can make decisions and you know dictate where we go so there is that that we still need to address and i think it's a, it's something that is deeper than what we just see it's more and cultural and otherwise magaziwe Absolutely. If I can add on, on, on what Meza said in the speech is that, um, as she mentioned also, that I think it's a social issue. Mm. It goes back to the point that we've discussed that it is very important that we sit down with our boy child and girl child to, to have a discussion and understand life is not about competition. Now, mm-hmm. you, you would realize that in the, in the eras, uh, in the decades ago, you, you would notice that um, male were the one that were providing for the family, male were the one that are CEOs of the family, head of the family, leading the family. Now, out of a sudden, now Pumza is actually the CEO of this particular company. And now, automatically, that puts an inferiority complex to a man at home. Now, mm-hmm. whenever Pumza is trying to address a certain thing, Ozina is like, no, don't think it's work here uh, where you are mm-hmm. a CEO. Now you are the one directing or calling the shot at home. <laughs> now that already, it, 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 it's a psychological thing that is also to deal with the society that needs to be eradicated from the tender age that, listen, this is how things go. We need to sit down, understand that life is about change, understand that life is about working together, pushing together, so that at least when we transform, understand the transformation process and also awareness purposes. While also I always say from the engineer and switching here that as much as we encourage um, a, a girl child to take the position to take up the space, it is mm. very imperative that we don't leave the boy child um, alone or aside. Reason Absolutely. being, we will be creating an era where now men will feel more inferior than women. What does it do? Mm-hmm. Now they see the woman as a threat. Now mm. there's suddenly a competition that now if I know this, I can't help you because mm-hmm. you guys, may a woman, are doing it all. So you might as well do it all by yourself. So to eliminate those speeches, it's a lot, as Puma Zanzina has mentioned, it's a lot. We need to start it from socially. We need to start it at home. We need to go together in the corporate industry, understand that, listen, this is what is happening. It's okay to have a woman who is your boss and try to understand that at work it's not about the genders, it's about executing the activity that you are mm. given. Make sure that it is delivered. So it's more about 
everything that is involved uh, with the society and about understanding. Hence, it is very important to create an awareness of digital transformation, gender transformation, and understanding that women, there will be sometimes uh, at the bottom of, of, the, of, of the ladder, sometimes they will be at the top of the ladder. However, that doesn't mean that things should change and people mm-hmm. should feel inferior of, of, of those issues in there. Wow. I'll pause there. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to come in just... Yeah, yes, sir. Which, um, I'm not sure... We still have got time. Uh-huh. I'm going to throw in a little bit of controversy in here because I think this is a discussion and these are the things that we should not be uh, shying away mm-hmm. uh, from from talking about. Of, of, you know, my colleagues here on the have already spoken about the main ego and everything else. So, Patriarchy also plays a major role in as far as, as, as gender based violence is concerned, whether we like to mention it or not. The other thing that um, I think we don't talk about. Uh, and luckily, I suppose all of us in this room will understand you know more uh, about it. And it comes to the tradition, the tradition uh, where they place the woman. Okay. Whether you like. I, I think yeah. you, you're breaking a bit, uh, uh, Zine. If you could just try to find a, a better position so that we get we get you clear. Uh, can can you hear me? Clearer now. Yes, you are much clearer now. Uh, am I am I better now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I was still talking about the traditions mm-hmm. where they place you immediately as a woman in an inferior position. Mm. Let's, let's talk about a married woman in, in, in a society where I come from. I'm not going to be particularly mentioned in the tribe. You already, as you come in, be, you're already inferior to men. The way you sit, the way you walk, the way where you are placed within the community, within the home, in the you are already. Mm. I mean, you get a name. You have, you, already, things you are no longer at the same level as your male counterpart. You are not at the mm-hmm. same level as your husband is coming. There, you could be as learned as he is, or even higher than he is. You could be a mm-hmm. CEO where you are, but when you come in here, as you go up, and, and this, you, you see it from the women that you are, you, you, you know, you grouped with when you come in here as a Magoldi in this house mm. uh, or in, in this community. You already know that, oh, okay, I cannot get inside this house and walk into that direction. I must sit in the left or on the right of the house. Mm. I cannot have a say. I cannot talk. So all those things. And even the way you walk, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about something that I know personally, the way that you behave around here. You are already at the bottom of the chain, mm. so, and then we, the, the, the husband, the very husband that you you are calling honey and baby out there when you are up there in, in Pretoria and something in here, you cannot be addressing him anyhow. Mm. He somehow now he sits in in, in a particular throne day, and it's, we're talking about gender-based violence. Right? So mm. these things, and even boys, mm. boy kids, they see these things. You are already in Syria. Mm. And when that man now, when you come home, when you come back to Houding and you become this CEO, this book, he is still seeing you as that no, no amen or no fest or no engine. Mm. Who's mm. coming from? Do you get what I'm saying? I make mm. a You know, this is not a trivialty, but I'm trying to make a joke out of it. But mm. it is not a joke. It really is not a joke. A joke. So traditionally, we get born. Mm. As inferior. Mm. Wow. And when you go to school, you go, you go to school and during my day when we did more standard, standard, what, what, mm-hmm. you, you, you younger generation, you don't know, you, you know, great something. I mean, because there were subjects where needle work was meant for girls. Mm, mm. Other things that are that are important, the history and, and, and whatever, there was, there, was, there was meant for boys and Africa, there was meant for boys. All that it gets to indoctrinated as you are born, you are born into this family, you are already a daughter, you are not the heir. Mm. Mm. Wow. I, I guess this is the same narrative or problem we have when you're talking about racial equality in corporate South Africa mm. or, or yeah. anywhere for that matter. When you talk about uh, the black uh, uh, economic empowerment and what it's about, uh, those policies mm. that are put in place to make sure that those who were systematically oppressed. And th- I guess this is mm. the same thing also when you talk about gender yeah. parity, that the system that is oppressive towards young women and girls suddenly expecting them to show up and be fully competent. I, I guess that's what Uzine is saying, Pumza, right? 
Absolutely, absolutely. Because it it goes to the core. I mean, it, mm-hmm. remember power in life or some form of um, you know where you where you stand where you where you seated at as as, as people. Mm. Unfortunately, it is measured, you know, in in different instances economically as well. So mm. the very fact that she's laying that um, we're in a cultural context, mm. uh, a woman or a, a male will inherit the home. A male will inherit these things. A woman has to start from nothing, from the context of nothing. So all of those things really are deep, and, and you would be shocked that it's not only limited to us in South Africa. We were doing a similar case study for India, mm. and these are real issues. You know, um, culturally, you know, there's a, a rejection of a girl when they're born. They would rather have, a, a, you know, a son and, and you know, um, the girl has to be married off and all of those mm. things. So it really goes to a fiber of our society, but within the context of the of, of the professional environment, mm. we 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 expect a bit of a liberal approach, but the background mm. of this person, which forms this, mm. and, and there's no time to rehabilitate her. She's just expected show up and 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 just do your thing. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. exactly. And, and, and the point, if I can add on what you said, no, 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 sister, as we know in there, is that looking at this of the culture and, and tradition that mm. we're dealing with, and also looking at different tribes that we're coming from, and you would know or notice sometimes that there are people like Magazue that are not people that are, are soft spoken, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And culturally, by the fact that you are like this extrovert that is talking, wants to know, wants to be involved, and trying to have an opinion and ideas because you want mm-hmm. to learn. Already, mm-hmm. automatically, you are already labeled as this person that yeah. cannot fit yeah, in. Yeah, problematic woman. It is so crazy. It is so strange. And it's, those are the, the things that I said, there is unending fight. Because now mm-hmm. you have to change and try to be this introvert and say, yes, brother, yeah. no, yeah. brother, or yes, oh, uh, like, yeah. now it's not part of you. Now mm. you need to change in order to, to fit in, which is one mm. is we cannot allow ourselves to change because mm. now the culture needs to, to, to transform itself and understand mm. that we have an opinion, we have voice. It doesn't matter if we're radical. It doesn't matter if we are soft-spoken. But it's okay to have that. Which right. is, you know, when you look at it, it goes back to what um, I think it was Zina or Pumga that was mentioning that uh, in, in, in our corporate environment, you will notice that if you are not bold enough, you are not mm. considered as a person that understands your abstract area. Yeah. Mm. You need to be bold. You need to come here and then not greet and just everyone when you get in, they should shake. And then mm. sometimes it's not who you are. You know, Absolutely. you just want to be quiet and make sure the work is done. Mm. And mm. even in academia, you would notice this thing. And I thought it's just these few universities that I've been in. And I've realized that no man, it's not only in South Africa, it's across the continent. Mm. That when you, you would look, there is um, a female lecturer and also there's a male lecturer. They're mm. both doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And the same thing so. But the student, especially the male students, they would look at this female uh, lecturer and then they don't consider her. Mm. So those are the challenges we need to eradicate. You see, it's that the cultural, it's that in the society, okay. but there is a really long chain of those things. So we really uh, need to make sure we, we, we do intrusive talk in this and make sure we find ways to actually okay. um, do the transformation and make sure people are alert and aware of what is happening. I would like to study media. I need an institution that will unlock my future. What is the best media institution that will enable me to be a professional in my field? Where can I go to equip myself? Namisa is the place to be. Namisa offers a very niche area in the multimedia spectrum. At Namisa, we skill the media industry with SAKWA accredited courses like animation, film and television production, graphic design and radio production. To be a pioneer of the fourth industrial revolution, Visit us at 21 Kitten Road, Parktown, Johannesburg, 2193 or go to www.nemisa.co.za. Call us on 011-484-0583 or email info at nemisa.co.za. The National Electronic Media Institute of South Africa is where we equip the future. Clearly, there is no more denying the urgency for gender parity, equal pay, systematic and intentional transformation to create an enabling and conducive environment for women to thrive as equals in society. 
To conclude our discussion, this is what my guests had to say. Getting women is part of the digital economy needs to come from a political will um, that is inclusive of everyone who is in politics, that is inclusive of everyone who is in corporate South Africa. And it really has to be very tangible when it comes to the programs that are given out to the women. And most importantly, it has to be on an inclusive approach, not a certain type of women, not a certain women that are known to others. It has to be inclusive of every woman, including that woman who's seated in the rural areas who does not have that internet connectivity that we spoke of earlier on. Digital economy is for everyone, so it needs all of us to pull together and show that we don't leave anyone behind. That is what I would like to say. Thank you. Spiwa, I believe that where there is a will, there is a way. So really the intentions must be there for all of us in corporate to really be embracing and, you know, accepting women as part of the business. Secondly, there have been studies that have been done about the participation of women in the workplace and the contribution that they bring. There are business cases that are really looking positive that with bringing women on board, you are bringing, you know, a different perspectives, you are bringing different thinking, you're bringing different, um, you know, just perspective to how things are being done. And there are financial results that you can see from bringing women. So there is a business case. It's not like we are asking to be included for the sake of being included. Thirdly, uh, men are quite instrumental in how this will happen because men are still the greater part of the corporate um, you know, construct, they are still very much there. They are still representing the high numbers, especially at decision-making level. We need them to really, you know, um, help the cause of really inclusion. It's a human kind of thing that we're asking for. We're not asking for something that is really out of the norm. We are people, we bleed, we, you know, we feel everything that you, you, you men feel. And if you can start from a human level, of saying, imagine if you were a woman and you got into an environment where you are thwarted, you know, your efforts are being thwarted, you are ignored. How would that make you feel? In concluding speech, I would say that if we want to develop an inclusive economic growth, let's start with inclusive society, where we teach all members that it is not about competition, it's more about collaboration working together to make sure we all succeed so that the boy child doesn't see a, a, a girl child as a person that she should compete or he should compete with, but as a person that he can help so that they can develop whatever they are working on. So let's keep on empowering young women to take up the space, develop a thick skin while becoming resilient throughout the course and make sure that they deliver. Of course, there will be challenges, but let's make sure we keep being resilient and we keep on working harder to actually achieve our dreams. While at the same time, let's make sure that we always educate our young boys that life is not about competition. Life is about working together so that we can become a different people that we want to be and we can achieve the goals that we want in life. With that being said, I thank you so much. And that is how we round up this discussion with so much to say and so much to do. The conversation does not end here. Do follow us on Twitter at Komza to engage further. To the women of South Africa, as we commemorate and celebrate Women's Month, Malibongwe. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel on Google Podcasts and share as many times. Till next time, God bless and goodbye.